Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park everywhere so wait oh yeah we're still here okay cool cool we are up we're live so um well first jenna thanks for being here it's a pleasure to be talking with you oh thank you for having me um so i guess where we should start this off is that from what i know you started the reprogram for success kind of root is that correct is that what you call it that's correct yes yeah so let's give the listeners a little bit of a background of at least a motivation behind you starting that and maybe why you started well i'm gonna first uh say this our reality that we live in is combined of two different sciences quantum physics and then the second one is epigenetics so quantum physics says everything's energy Einstein said, everything's energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency with the reality you wish for and you can't help but bring it to you. That's not philosophy, that's physics. Now, I'll take it a step further that they've been able to see that the biochemical effects of your brain's functioning shows that your cells are affected by your very thoughts, which would mean that your thoughts have energy. Mm. Okay? Okay, so now... Let's go into epigenetics in its broader sense. So if you have any scientists watching or listening and talking in broad sense, says that the reason why we live the reality we live is because of the programming or coding in our genes from our ancestors that is passed down to our parents and our parents pass it to us from the time we're birthed to about eight years old. After that, it's society, it's your friends, it's anything catastrophic that happens to you that's going to dictate your traits, your beliefs, your behaviors, your thoughts, your traditions. But all of those have energy in them too. Okay. So when I was young, I, at 10 years old, I grew up in Wyoming. I used to walk out and there were horses out there and I would do what we might today call the laying of hands, you know, energy healing type thing. Gotcha. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just out there. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and as I got on, I was always interested in energy. So I did get, you know, certified. I'm a Reiki master. I studied all different types of energy. I also studied the healing order of St. Raphael, which is um, a Gnostic healing order. I, I started just studying everything I could. But, and through all of that, I, I lived a mainstream life. I got married. I ended up getting divorced. 
Hmm. And uh, my kids were pretty young. Uh, and I ended up getting a large sum of money. So I always wanted to help the underserved and I always helped the underdog as a kid. So it was natural. So I gave to individuals and nonprofits alike. And before long, people were attached to me for my money. Mm. And I didn't know how to say no. Then I found myself in arbitration because my financial advisor, who I always say this is a well-known international firm. So it was well-known. It still is today. Made an investment outside the scope and lost a lot of the money. And here I was sitting in arbitration and I'm thinking, I'm going to lose this money. I'm just going to lose this money. I never once didn't think, I always thought I was going to win. But I also knew the statistics in arbitration, which was, you don't get all your money back. And matter of fact, you get a fraction. So here I am sitting there thinking, so that's the vibration, right? That's the quantum physics part of it saying, I'm not going to get the money back. I'm putting it out there. And sure enough, in the end, the financial advisor got disbarred. His his partner got fined. The company got fined. But I only got 10% of what I lost. So here I am sitting there going, but there's got to be more to that than just energy or just, you know, what happened. Why was I, why was I programmed that way? Why were my characteristics? I didn't really think of it as a program at the time, but I was thinking, why is my, what are my characteristics here? So I started digging down and I came from eight generations of ministers who signed up to be economically challenged, who signed up to give their last cents to the underserved and who had no money to manage. Now, that is honorable for them. And that's what they signed up for. So I never want to take that away from my ancestors. But that's not what I signed up for in this lifetime. So I had to detangle all of that and figure it out. And so and and once you go in that rabbit hole, you're going in a lot of other ones about how you felt as a kid, what happened here, what happened there, your why did certain things happen to you to me? And what were my energetic or imprinting responses that either enhanced the outcome or didn't enhance and actually further damaged me or, you know, were unfavorable, or I like to say self-limiting. And so I started, you know, just untangling it. And so I studied a neuro-linguistic programming, theta healing, eye movement integration, hypnosis. I mean, everything I could. And psyche, uh, bringing you into the whole brain state. So whole brain state is when you bring your left cortex of your brain and your right cortex into a whole brain state. Because one is logical, right? The left side is logical and the right side is creative. So, So I wanted to understand. And so I started dissecting everything about myself. But once I started figuring it out, going, oh, I'm programmed to give my money away. I'm programmed for a limited amount of money. And that's what people don't understand. When we talk about money consciousness, even I called that what I had inherited money consciousness. I mean, even to a couple of years ago, my mother used to say, if I just only have enough, you know, and she would repeat, the Bible says, to much is given, much is expected. And I would I would say to her, yes, it also says to much, much more is given, much, much more is expected. And I'll belly up for the much, much more because <laughs> I'm willing to give much, much more. 
I, you know, and so I realized just in conversations, even with my, my, you know, siblings and my, uh, my mom, my dad's been passed for like 22 years that I was programmed this way. And many people are, in matter of fact, we're programmed to the amount of money that we can make. Interesting. Yes. Because if you think if let's say you want a thousand dollars. Okay. And, but you, but to you, a lot of money is a hundred dollars. You may get the thousand dollars, but it will go like that. And you'll be left with the hundred because the hundred is the maximum capacity that you can hold. So what hmm. energetically speaking, this, this, this is a whole lot to take in here. So, <laughs> all right. So with that said, I, I wrote a couple notes down too, so we can go back to those in a minute, but like for that example that you just said that you're programmed only to make a certain amount of money. Is that so with like, all right, let's say, you know, these professional athletes who come basically from nothing to become millionaires, but is that where is that an outlier case or is it worse still in some cases most there's a lot of stories out there where those guys and girls have become broke because mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. was much money so but i mean is there right. outliers or exceptions to the that statement well somebody can grow up in poverty and i mean i grew up i grew up economically challenged and we could say the poverty line and so you can have such a drive in you that you have reprogrammed it yourself. But it's like you said, it's rare that you find somebody that's grown up that way, that's been able to hang on to their wealth or uh, prosperity. I'm going to say prosperity without some big major bump along the road where they had to learn, where they reprogrammed somewhere. Hmm. So if you come from, so for example, if you come from this, you know, a poverty lifestyle and you just said, Hey, I don't want to be like my parents or like how their parents were that mm -hmm. I want to reprogram my brain to, you know, change that status quo, so to speak, and, you know, be the outlier here. And so on the, yeah. on my, and on the way there, you're doing, let's just say X, Y, and Z on the way, that's a different path than what probably your parents took or their mm -hmm. parents took. And that way you are setting yourself up for success rather than yeah. for I'm only going to work my, you know, a blue, say for example, blue collar job and work my nine right. to five, just like they did or whatever. Right. It's a, it's an abundant mindset, having an abundant mindset. Hmm. There's a difference. How do, how do you mean? Well, when you have an abundant mindset, listen, this is the other thing that people, I would really like people to understand. Abundance and success means different things to different people. Okay. And so it's to be in your abundant mindset, your level of abundance, your level of prosperity, and you have to decide what that is for yourself. And what happens when we're programmed, it, like I was, my ancestors had set the bar. My parents had set the bar. It wasn't me setting the bar. Do you understand? Mm. So I see. Because it was it, it was programmed in me, and I didn't even know it was programmed in me. But that bar was already set in me, and so yes, you can um, if you recognize it, you can reprogram that bar, and you can make it anything you want. Because to me, what might be prosperity to me is different than it is to you. My abundance is different than yours, but I will say this to everybody: 
There's limitless amount of abundance out there. It's not limited. It's limitless. Could this be go along with, you know, what people say the arguments is, you know, as uh, nature versus nurture and that. And maybe that's a poor, a poor way of saying it or what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. But where are if I have a mother and father who were in, let's say, live, you know, middle class or whatever, but they've, and there's, you know, some philosophies out there where parents are always just go, oh, I want my kids to, you know, have life better than me, put them into the better situations. And that way they won't have to mm-hmm. have the same level of success that I did, but they'll have better success. And that's so as far as exposing them to certain different parts of better environments, you know, better schools, better everything in life, better situations in every aspect that they will become better. And, and I, I guess is that still along with reprogramming, reprogramming that child's brain it does a certain level to reprogram that child's brain but they still have the imprint of what the ancestors went through so i say to everybody be the student of your life and start examining the behaviors that you have what's working what's not working in your finances in your personal life in every aspect of who you are because different things can affect you differently so you can correct that but what if you were abandoned as a child and abandoned as an adult. So right there, you have lack, you have fear, and you're missing confidence. You know, so there's different things that come with it. And so it's not just flat out what your family made or whatever. It's it's having that, um, it's looking at the whole part of you. Does this coincide with uh, genetic memory at all? Is there, or does that go back towards your epigenetics that you were talking about? That goes back to your epigenetics. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. so for example, you know, for those who don't know what g- genetic memory is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that basically whatever memories or why you do the things you do, you get from your parents and you don't even know why you do them, mm-hmm. but you do them. It's kind of example like, you know, for a bird dog, when they're born, they automatically know how to point at birds and, yeah. They don't know why. Who knows? Like, I never taught that dog anything. They just know how to do it. Yeah, I grew up with Labradors, so that's why I'm laughing. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it it is. It's exactly, that's what I'm talking about, by being programmed. Okay. That's exactly, it's the mindset. You're programmed that way. And it's, it's, uh, it's certain things that your parents said over and over again. You take it in. You didn't know you did as a child. Sure. And, and, you know, our parents, they also were programmed. So it, it does help you also look at your parents at a later age to really understand where your parents came from and to have more compassion, more understanding, more, um, more love, actually, uh, to understand where they came from. At least in my case, it did. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense that, you know, as I've gotten older, I tr- tend to respect my parents more than, you know, what I probably did initially just because, and, you know, and that could be just argued up to adolescent mindset where I, you know, I was one of those kids who probably thought they knew everything and I didn't need any help from anybody and stuff. But you t- tend to be more aware. Maybe it's more building that self-awareness and the kind of reflecting on things, how your life went, how their life went, things you could have done right, things you could have done better. And, you know, it's Maybe that's does that kind of makes sense what I'm trying to say, hopefully. Yeah, but some things are programmed in you and and some things they programmed because you're with them 
were it was programmed in them as well. Mm. And so like when I'm talking about the money mindset and being being poor was an honor in my family they saw being economically challenged as an honor because they were ministers. So this was an honor to be economically challenged. It was you know, this is how they looked at it. And so we have to that's why I said I had a lot of love and compassion for my parents because my dad grew up in generations of ministers. I mean, he I think my father was like the seventh generation hmm. um, and of ministers. And my mom came from a very tough household, not economically challenged as much, but really strict and very uh, uh, not loving at all. Okay. And so when I look at, so when I examine really the families that my parents came from, I can understand why I felt abandoned as a child. Because I felt abandoned as a child, even though I was in their home. hmm. And so it gives me a viewpoint. It gives me a viewpoint of where they both were coming from, how they both were raised. And to have compassion and and love and understanding for what they went through. And it was one of those things, you know, like, hey, we're doing the best we can with what we have. It, it is. I mean, they didn't know. I mean, it's I, I really believe it wasn't until, well, Joseph Murphy and Neville Goodard were the beginning of the light bulbs going off and all of this. I think they came around in the 50s. There's Florence Scovelshin, who was around in the early 1920s. Um, they were really shining light a lot on all of this. You know, there were other people in the early 1800s, but it wasn't like really people weren't taking a look at our subconscious and conscious mind and uh, where we were getting our beliefs and our thoughts and our behaviors from. And it's really starting to come to the forefront for people to really heal and examine and also become and live the life, become the person they want to be, but also live the life they want. Yeah. Well, I mean, in today's society or culture, whatever you want to say that it's becoming more acceptable to do that as opposed to mm -hmm. with all the information we have and all the opportunities you have compared to, you know, the forties and fifties and sixties, you know, that it's not really, you know, I, I think in, you know, in a sense that most parents want their, children to do you know if there's a family business or hey we all came from doctors you should try to be a doctor and they mm -hmm. put that pressure on a kid but that doesn't necessarily mean they want to and maybe this is just generally speaking though that it's just that they want to be a doctor but if they don't at the same time it's okay as long as they still are doing something respectable i guess i hope that kind of makes sense too yeah yeah but what if what if somebody just doesn't want to have a white collar job what if they want a blue collar job and that's what they would rather do i mean this if that makes somebody successfully happy no matter what we do it doesn't this is what i want to underline people's sense of abundance is different your prosperity is different than mine sure um and that is beautiful this is a beautiful thing but I also think because of the way we were raised that we are limited in 
the expansiveness of it. And success is measured in different ways. I mean, you could have somebody very economically challenged, but then feel so successful in everything they did and be fine with being economically challenged. I mean, I'm sure that my ancestors were really happy and they were extremely successful. They came over here and founded a couple cities in Michigan and in, yeah, in the 18, like 1838 or whatever, there's statues of them. And they taught the Indians uh, or the Native Americans, um, they taught the Native Americans German and then taught them the faith. And this was a process that they went through. And so, you know, I wouldn't take that. They were very successful, but they were very economically challenged. Mm. But in but for them, they could have had the ultimate abundance. For them, this could have been their ultimate abundance. I don't know. I'm assuming it is. But for me, having that imprint of giving all my money away because my ancestors never had money, so it wasn't in my programming to hang on to money or to manage money that for me in this lifetime wasn't what I signed up for I don't think nobody signs up for something like that but do you think going through that experience that you know you learn from it now that hey I don't want to make that same mistake again so now this time this opportunity comes now maybe it's just more of your abundance that you're we're saying that you know more funny falls to my lap or whatever I'm going to be smarter on how I handle it you have you have to change your mind belief. You have to change your subconscious because just thinking it like that isn't going to change your subconscious. Oh, you froze up. Scenario over and over again, but it's just different people. It's because you haven't changed the way you see reality. You haven't changed your paradigm. And until you have a paradigm shift, you're not going to change that whole situation. Yeah. And so... I would say to you, I might hang on to it for a little while, but unless I change my belief system, my core belief system, mm. when it comes to money, it's not going to change for me. It's, it's taken me a couple of minutes, but I'm, I'm finally starting to put it together and I'm putting it in terms of this is where my mind is going. Just for example, with that example, like you just gave that, um, you know, I'm, I do, I'm a CrossFitter on the side. So I coach CrossFit classes and I train and compete and I'm that guy. So, uh, but it's, you know, the other day I was in the grocery store and somebody came up to me and, you know, they haven't been to the gym in a while and they're like, Oh, I'm coming back or whatever, you know? And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I didn't really ask, but I hope you do, you know, but it's also one of those things that they want to come back and they want to be a better person. They want to lose weight. They have all these fitness goals and whatever, but then it's always, well, I'm going to start Monday. You know, then that Monday turns into, well, I'm going to start next week. And then that turns into next week. And then it's like, hey, you want to do this. But again, you're not reprogramming your mind in order to meet those core beliefs that you're really saying out loud. Right. Okay. So so that that makes sense in my head like that. So, yeah, it's one of those things that where I do believe that people generally want to do things. But, you know, when they say it like that, but initially taking the action to do it. Is what's well, maybe we'll start. And you have to you have to keep the action. It's not just uh one time. It's in order to get it's kind of like what they say about affirmations. Affirmations only stick 30% of the time. And even with affirmations, you gotta say them over and over and over and over again for like what do they say, 21 days, 30 days? 
To build a new habit or something? Yeah, in order for an affirmation to stick. In order for a new habit or an affirmation to stick. Yeah. And But there's a faster way. And the faster way is to get your left cortex and your right cortex in a whole brain state on your new belief. Can can people, you know, do that with their brain? I mean, can or is it just, you know, because I feel like that, you know, well, that, that's what I do for a living. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I guess that's about not how I was. I was trying to think of that question out loud. And I'm trying to talk at the same time and think. But do most people have generally problems, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask of trying to get into that state of mind. I, I think it's a challenge. Like I a think because, I think it's a challenge because when you're when you're constantly uh, have so much going on, and when you're listening to affirmations, and it takes that long to achieve it, I would say, I would say, yeah, it's it's. I think it's difficult for people to go through the process. But this is what I'll say. I have one thing to say about affirmations. If you like affirmations, um, re-record your favorite affirmations in your own voice and listen to your own voice because Mm -hmm. it's like when you're in your mother's womb, you recognize your mother's voice. You kind of hear it, you know, when you're on, but when you're birthed, it's like, whoa, there she is. I recognize that. And so it's the same when you're saying affirmations in your own voice, your soul recognizes your voice. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's something that I've found with my, with my clients is that this is something that can easily be done. So I will, I will say that. When do clients really start to reach out to you? Is it one of these things they hey, they've tried, you know, A, B, C, D, and F, and that's just, they've never had any type of success with whatever they're trying to do. And then they finally said, Hey, I want to come get a professional to at least get me on track of where I'm trying to go as far as goals or whatever it is. I get people through, uh, different, all different avenues. So I have corporate teams. I have on a lot of, I have a lot of entrepreneurs and then, and then I have individual clients and they all have their own reasons for for coming to me, um, like corporate clients, it's to get their whole corporate team to be cohesive together. And at that point, we don't necessarily work on the epigenetics of everybody. We focus on the major core that the team wants to achieve. And then we get everybody balanced. I take them through psych. I take them through a short workshop so they can understand how everybody's programmed. And then we go through and I take each one of them through a short, what's called psyche experience, where I bring them into a left and right brain um, uh, state on on the goal statement. And then everybody's aligned. But I do that separately. When it's an individual or an entrepreneur, I just by talking to them, I can tell what we're going to end up working on. That's part of neurolinguistic pro- programming. Listening to what somebody says can give you speak volumes as to what they'll be working on. Yeah, just basically when you're actually sorry, my dog's going a little crazy right now. Um, but when they're saying things out loud and they're, it's one of those things they don't really understand what they're saying out loud. So it really means that ooh, they're really trying to fix this or they want to do that, but they're just but the right. way they're saying it doesn't make sense to them. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so when they're talking, then I'll just say, how can I assist you? And people just start telling me 
what what's going on and I can pick up from what's going on. Mm. And then we set up a game plan so I can tell whether they're coming from lack, whether they're coming from fear, whatever it is that they need to work on at that time. And then I take them through a process of four different uh, techniques that will clear out the old behavior, the old trait, the old uh, thought, and we can put in the new thought. And then I bring in psyche in the back part, and we literally clamp it down into a whole brain state. So you got four techniques. Can we talk about that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so neurolinguistic programming is what most people know. and it's about, you know, Nero's the brain and how the brain functions in the state of our brain, our mind, right? right? Linguistic is the way we communicate both right. verbally and non-verbally. And then program is just the way we're programmed. So when we look at, let's look at linguistic though, that's really important for people to understand because we, we communicate only 7% verbally. 93% of what we communicate is nonverbal. Right. And I love using this uh, example. If I said to you, will you help me with a fundraiser? And you said, yes, but your eyes, your body, everything looked like a deer caught in the headlights. Well, you might've told me yes, but your whole body told me no. Sure. And so if people just really watched how they communicated with other people and even watch how other people communicate with them. They, that is a, a huge strategy to have to understanding who's in front of you, how they're programmed and what's going on. But with near linguistic programming, I use the timeline, which takes me back, takes you back to the first point where lack started or fear started in your life. And we can move it out put in safety, security, and confidence in its place and have it go all the way through, right? And then what I do is I will, if the person needs eye movement integration, I'll use that. Eye movement integration, what it does. So eye movement integration is something I use for um, trauma, fear, anxiety. And when we hold trauma in our brain, it's usually held fragmented. Okay. And so the left cortex, which is your logical side, and the right cortex, which is your creative, argue over the treatment, over its healing, because, because it's held fragmented. And so what eye movement integration does by simply you watching my fingers go up like this and thinking about the trauma, it brings... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You into a whole brain state, so now the healing can begin. Mm. And it's called the inner healer. And now the left and right cortex are on agreement. And you may remember the trauma, but you're desensitized, so you don't feel it anymore. And then after I do neuro-linguistic programming, I move in integration, I'll bring in Psyche. And Psyche is where you bring someone into a whole brain state. It was created by Rob Williams. Uh, he made it, he created it about 30 years ago. It is where you do in a in a certain way, you do cross your left cortex and your right cortex. And it is a process of me knowing I can test you to see if you told me you were in abundant mindset, I could test your subconscious. And if it tested weak, we could by literally the process in Psyche bring you into an abundant mindset, bring the subconscious and conscious mind into, into agreement. And you would you would actually see the results of that in just a couple of weeks. Do a lot of people have weak subconsciouses? It's not necessarily that's not it's not I don't mean weak subconscious. What it is, it's it shows me that your subconscious doesn't believe that you have an abundant mindset. I see what you're saying. So if you test weak, it shows that you your subconscious does not believe that you have an abundant mindset so we can set that in so that your subconscious does believe it so that you're in a whole brain state your conscious and subconscious mind are in agreement is that kind of one of those things that if you're always kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier the way you're saying things and the way you're talking to yourself about you know personality traits the way your work where you're at in life your career whatever you want to say that that's why your subconscious probably doesn't believe it yes Okay. Yes. Be care. I call it. Be careful what you say to yourself. The silent, the the silent uh, communication that we have can sometimes be really detrimental to us. And I a lot of times call it ants, automatic negative thoughts. Like and <laughs> yeah, it's automatic negative thoughts, and those can be the most damaging. So 
I would say to people, be careful for, be careful about that. And um, I would replace that with the saying, isn't it wonderful? Something marvelous is happening to me right now. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. If you said that every time you, you had a negative thought, you would, you'd notice less and less negative thoughts. Jocko Willink, I don't know if you know who he is, but um, he's a Navy SEAL and he actually wrote a book about, you know, extreme ownership and like, you know, say, instead of always thinking about negativity, like turn into a positive where it's just like, Hey, you know, uh, I got hurt today in my training class. Okay. Time to recover, learn new things and get better. Mm -hmm. you know, always mm -hmm. do a spin. And that way you're not always going down this negative feedback, feedback loop in your head. Well, that's why I also say like, when you have to sit back, like, uh, for instance, when I had to sit back and look at why these things happened to me, even the abandonment and, and relationships and how that affected relationships and just everything in my life. Somebody once said to me, do you look at those as negative things? And I said, no, because they helped me grow. Sure. If, if I, if I start looking at everything and dissecting it and saying, okay, what was, what did I contribute? So somebody might have the overall just of, so the financial advisor made the investment, correct? Mm -hmm. But there were certain things along that line that I could have changed about myself, about my responses, about my care, right? So I played some sort of, I, had to, I have to look at the part of me that contributed to it. And then from there, I can dissect where that goes and how I change it so that I take a self-limiting belief that I had back then and make it self-enhancing belief so that moving forward, that, that lesson, that whatever it was, it, that energy no longer belongs in my future or my present day. Is it one of these things? I know before we before we go to technique two. That do you think if you wouldn't have had that experience with that investor or whoever he was, that I think we may have touched on this a little bit earlier. But again, that would have helped change your mindset. You would have kept going down the same pathway. I I think I would have. I think I would have. Well, I think we all have our purpose in life. I do. So I think I would have learned it some. At, at least another way. It might've been even more painful than that one um, because I always think that the next one could be more painful. Uh, but I do think it was my purpose to uh, uncover this, to be in service of others, to let people know what's out there and that they can reprogram for the success that they desire in their life. You know, I mean, I know, in the beginning, we talked about epigenetics and quantum physics and everything, but a lot of what we're talking about into a philosophical standpoint is just like the free will versus determinism and that argument or arguments. Yeah. And just that, you know, no matter what, if life is predetermined on what it is that, like you just said, that occurrence would have happened in another form or fashion later down the road. And like, it could have been worse. It could have been a little bit easier if you just don't know. But I might have never... But at the same point, I, I'd like to think that I would have found this purpose, but maybe I wouldn't have, because I do think that we have, we've been given free will, freedom of choice, and we get to choose how we're going to go through life. 
Well, I guess people who are on the determinism side would argue with that, though, right? I'm just playing devil's advocate because I've really no, they 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 could they could, but I'm just saying that if if I would I could have had more things happen to me. You asked me, do I think I believe that I would have found my purpose in life because this was my purpose to help and be in service of others to show them the way of a quick way to reprogram for themselves and to live the life they desire. Now, I don't know. Not either. If I if I wouldn't have awoken, I you know, awakened. I mean, I I literally feel like it was my I was shoved into it. Yeah. I mean and so in, in many different ways, in many different ways, I was um pushed into it in um in a conscious awakening. Without getting into to to unless you want to go down that route, I was I didn't know if you want to go down that route, but if you want to go down into a conscious awakening, okay. yeah, it was definitely a conscious awakening. So wait, hold on real quick though. Like let's we can get let's not go too let's not get too far off the path here. We're talking about your techniques, but yeah, I would love to go down conscious awakening. Well, let's we can go down the techniques, then we can go down to conscious awakening. Okay. But I mean, and I, I what I wanted to say to your point though, just because Again, go back on the CrossFit thing. You know, I've always had this athletic kind of mentality lifestyle. You know, as as far as my dad played sports all his life, I played sports up in high school. And even though I sat on the bench a lot, but I played <laughs> or tried to. But I've always always had this fitness, I guess, lifestyle. And so that when I found CrossFit, it just kind of makes it makes sense to me being there. Mm-hmm. You know, it like it's like it took all of what my life path or life journey, whatever you want to say, and like everything that's put together and it all kind of makes sense to going into this one thing and where, you know, I found out something like I love going to, I can excel at an extent and it just feels right. feels natural for some reason. So, yeah. Then you're in the right space. Yeah. You know I mean? Like it's one of those things that, you know, I get there and even if you're having a trash day and that you start working out and you have a good, you have a good social community there too. And that just makes me feel better. You know, and it's just, this is where I know it feels right. And it, it's just, it's helped train my mindset. It's helped train my body. It's helped train everything along these past eight, nine, 10, I don't know how many years I've been doing it now, but something along that. So. Yeah. I have friends that love CrossFit, but yeah. it it's, it's what you're describing is when you're in the middle line of the yin and the yang. Mm. When you reach that comfort, it's just, it's just, you're there. The middle line, it's a, it's kind of like what they call the sweet spot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That it's, makes more sense to me right there. The sweet spot. Yeah. It's the middle line of the yin and the yang. And that's what we desire for our lives is to be right in that middle line of the yin and the yang. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's move on to the techniques. And so we don't get too. Okay. So theta healing is very much like neurolinguistic programming. It uses a timeline. Okay. But in that, it's where the client um, pulls energy. I usually use it with meditators uh, where the client pulls energy through the top of their head and into their body. And the practitioner pulls energy through, but I push my energy into you and go through to the timeline and clear the timeline out, put the new belief in. And then it throughout all of that process, there's a little DNA re-engineering, and then, and then we go through uh, psyche. Psyche is always used at the end. It doesn't matter whether I'm using neurolinguistic program, data healing, 
or eye movement integration, Psyche, I always use at the end because it brings you, it completes. It's almost like it locks it down, the new belief. And you're pushing your energy into that person. Is that what you said? Yeah. Divine energy. Yeah. That's just, like, divine energy. I was just, yeah. I was trying to picture that in my head, like how that was going. Just Yeah. From my heart. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just try like, oh, this sounds like it sounds like a great or cool process. Just like just being like a spectator and just watching you do that, just seeing, you know. Yeah, it comes down through on. the client and then down through me. And then I push my energy through and through the timeline, clear the timeline out. And then I take them through a DNA re-engineering and then. What do you, what do you mean by DNA re-engineering? Well, I, I, I basically code their cells and uh, with energy, energetically code their cells with. So if it's fear mm-hmm. that we remove, then in their cells, I put safety, security and confidence. Oh. So you're re-engineering for the same what you're putting for the same uh, goal balance that you're going to put in. Re-engineering whatever the problem that needs to be fixed is. Yes. 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 Ah, okay. Okay. So that is that technique too? So uh, it's, yeah, theta healing. And then eye movement integration, which I already touched on, which is for trauma. And then Psyche is always used at the end. How long does this process last? Like doing, going through all these techniques? Is it case by case or? What like, do you mean? How long does it last? I mean, so like if when you start to go through the four techniques with a person. Oh, um, so when I start with them? Yeah. Most of my sessions are 110 minutes. Okay. So it's almost two, it's, it's short of two hours. Yeah. So I was yeah. wondering like how, you know, how long you know, with the person to get this process going? Well, I don't feel like I could, you know, when I, it depends on the client, but most clients it's at least 90 minutes. Sure. And I, I never could understand how somebody could say, okay, we're done. It's an hour. I can't do that. If I'm not finished, I'm not finished. And so I leave myself at least 110 minutes because then I know that I'll be complete. But you can't start on fear and be going down. And the other thing is, is when I do Psyche with someone, a normal Psyche practitioner might do three balances. I average probably six. So before somebody leaves, they're probably going to get six balances that I'm going to do for them prior to them leaving. And so it's almost like a double session. One session is like a double session. And it's hard for me to break it up because we're going through this process. And, you know, as time goes on, you can streamline it, but it's almost like peeling back an onion. You know, you get one, then you go to the next Players. and the next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I guess because I was just wondering, like, okay, if you were just saying, "Hey, hey, we're in this room for thirty minutes, and whatever happens within that thirty minutes or whatever it is, we're done." You know, we got to get. The oh, next. I can't. Yeah, I can't do that. That makes more sense to me. That it's like, hey, you know, not everybody. Because I feel like everybody, depending on how bad the trauma is or whatever mm-hmm. we're going through, that it's you know, it's not just going to be a one and done, like lickety split kind of thing. Yeah, I. It's it's something that for me, when I would go see people you know, for any given thing. And they go, okay, hour done. I'm like, wait, <laughs> like, hello. Yeah. I, it, it was very hard for me. And so I found that the sweet pot spot for clients 
what really works is between 90 and 110 minutes. Was that, that was this experience of you doing it and just yeah, crawling with, there and just mm-hmm. yeah. So I always allow like two hours time, but I, it's usually between that. And that's why I say what for psyche, usually, um, in any, if you see any practitioner, it's going to be like a 50 minute session and you're probably going to walk away with only three balances. Do most people get nervous working with you doing this just because it's like a first time thing? And there's, I hope not. Like, I have no clue how this is going to go. And I don't, I, ha- I hope, I hope not. Um, maybe not with you and just but, the process in general, just because with me, I'd be like, okay, I don't know really what. Well, I'm- I explain to them the process. And as I go through the process with you, I explain everything. So I don't just have somebody and I'm just doing things. Okay. I, I, I sit down with the client and I actually, once we, discuss what we're going to work on once we have a game plan of how we're going to proceed yeah then uh i talk you through everything i talk you through everything i'm going to be doing and i, I talk you through while i'm doing it nice see that's what i would like is someone so, like that. Yeah. yeah i don't just go off and quiet do my thing and then say okay we're done <laughs> And Psyche isn't like that because you and I have to work together in creating the goal balance. So I don't, I don't create the goal balance by myself. I say, okay, what resonates with you? Because if it doesn't resonate with you, it's not going to work. We need something that really resonates with you so that when we go to lock it in and we cross the left cortex with the right cortex, you are in a complete whole brain state and an agreement on what you're going to have. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. 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 The goal balance has to resonate. So, you know, for you, um, I have an abundant mindset might not work for you. It might be something else that you want. Is it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, or if this is kind of dumb for me to say, but, you know, I think a lot of the brain is like trained to be very survival based. So, instead of like taking a risk or doing something new like this or whatever, like the brain immediately says like, no, we shouldn't go do this. And it tries to lock you down and keep you safe. And to a sense, is that kind of what you experience with people that, you know, it's kind of hard to break through the left and right cortex and cross over, or is it just a matter of. Well, the, through psyche also, I can see which side of your cortex is holding us up. Mm. And so then I can realign it so that both of them are open to be in agreement. So there is a technique that you can do with that also so that you can balance your left and right brain. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is all new to me. So I've never heard of anything like this before. So that, you know, I'm trying to put it all together and figure out what I'm want to say about it, but it's cool. I I didn't know there's anything out there like this, but. Mm -hmm. Psyche has been around for a very long time. There was this, um, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's pretty well known. He wrote The Biology of Belief, which was a bestseller probably 20 years ago. You can Google him. He's he's well known. In the back of the book, he wrote that it was because of Psyche was the reason why he finished the book yeah. and the reason why he had great relationships. He also um, says that Psyche is the fastest, most efficient way to change self-limiting beliefs into self-enhancing beliefs. And that's why I say to everyone, if there's one technique you're going to use, if there's only one, use Psyche. 
It may it may not move the old belief out, but it will replace your old belief with the new belief. Yeah, to start to get something going on. Yeah. I'm j- I'm just uh, I'm just one of those people that I'm very thorough. I want to move it out. <laughs> I want to start putting it in, and then I want to clamp it down. But I tell people if you do one, do psyche. Yeah, yeah. I've said I'll just Google him right here and just checking out his uh, Wikipedia. Oh, Bruce Lipton. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know if I've heard of that name before, but for some reason it does sound familiar. Maybe somebody else has talked about him before, but I'll do some research on him after this. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Yeah, so and before. and uh, and uh, Rob Williams created this probably well over 30 years ago, but there's only, I think, maybe 45 instructors in the whole world. So even though they do have a quite a few workshops it's not as well known as theta healing near linguistic program i mean those are extremely well known this one's not as well known 45 instructors yeah only 45 instructors so i'm a facilitator so i learned basic and advanced then the next level you can become an instructor for me i was doing it because i knew it was the key for to locked down everything I was doing. I have other things I use now too. With it, I, I use beige mantras. I use a bunch of other things for people depending on where they're at. But these are the four techniques that that I use all the time. Well we're getting a little short on time, but let's move on to consciousness awakening. And you might <laughs> yeah we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it, but uh okay. someone I want I do want to chat about it does okay. Um you might have to help me out a lot on here just because well, conscious, when I'm going to say this also to the audience, when you start changing your belief system to become from self-limiting to self-enhancing or self or limitless, right? My first one, you're, you're, you're evolving your consciousness. And so you're choosing that at that time. So that's part of evolution. Um, But as far as conscious awakening, um, after, when I was a young child, I used to see angels at four. And that's the laying of hands. And it was, I kind of shut them down because it wasn't acceptable in my family. And it was after I'd gone through the divorce and uh, at the time my son was maybe eight or nine and he's 29 today. Um, I was, I remember being down on my knees and I was crying. Um, I, I, it was my choice. Um, and it was a lot of it had to do now I can say with my abandonment issues with the abuse I went through with my family and stuff that I understand it all. But I was down on my knees and I was crying and I was looking at a picture window and Moses, Elijah and Jesus translucently walked right into me. Okay. And I was like, okay, what does this mean? (laughs) Like I was frightening really kind of. Sure. I did this. I did another meditation on, um opening my heart to love and it was like the doors came off and uh Jesus was right inside and I'm like okay so I'm getting all this I go to see a um 
a shaw. I don't want to call her a shaman, but it, she did Reiki, but she was literally a shaman. And I went to her and all of a sudden I levitated off the table. And I was like, what is happening? I mean, all of this was like just totally whoa to me, you know? Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me right now. Yeah, it was like, what is happening to me? And the woman said to me, what were you, where were you or what were you doing during this process? And I remembered I was four, like I was when I saw the angels. I was, I had, I had really white blonde curly hair. Um, and I remembered going, I still remember this so clear. I was going up a golden escalator and at the top of the escalator was a beautiful field of flowers Wow! and there was Jesus. And I was laughing. He was making me laugh. I was laughing so hard as a kid. I was laughing, laughing, laughing. It was so much joy. I cannot tell you. So much joy. And then I knew I had to go back. So I said, I got to go back. I go down the escalator. I'm like, no, I want to feel that one more time. So I go back up the escalator and I have this same laugh, this joy, everything come back down. And I was half levitated off the table. She said I was completely off the table. I. And that started me getting, and and I was already certified in in Reiki, but had never experienced that. I mean, I I already was at the point where I could see where a person was stuck, yeah. like energetically. I can see where somebody's stuck. I can see it very clearly. I can tell you whether it's heartache, whether it's illness, whatever it is. I mean, I I knew I was already there, but I. I hadn't had any of this happen to me. Sure. And then, and then a friend of mine who was getting her Reiki, uh, her Reiki um, certification, she said, do you mind if I practice on you? So I'm like, no, go ahead. So I go. And all of a sudden uh, something, she goes, I got to leave the room for a minute. She leaves the room and two rows of individuals in these white gowns come on either side of me and they're putting like the cross on my forehead and all of this is going on and I'm like what is happening here like in in the sign of the uh Celtic trinity this you know like all these things and I'm like okay I'm being hit over the head I'm being hit over the head and that's when I started studying the gnostic order healing order of saint raphael which is really for light workers okay so if anybody knows who light workers is or a light bearer that's really what i am i'm just assisting people in living the best life they can by using your left and right cortex into a whole brain state but i do it from the higher consciousness from our higher self and our, your higher consciousness is connected to the infinite source, the divine. So you can call him God. You can call him infinite source. All that is the universe. No, a lot of people have different names for it all. So, right. doesn't matter, but that's, that's, I'm a light worker for that. And so the way my program is, it's for those who may not believe in that, but it's so that they can live the optimal life that they desire and that they deserve. Because we all deserve to live the best life we can on earth. Now, again, playing devil's advocate, but do you receive a lot of criticisms with this? From I haven't yet. Really? I just, mm -hmm. 
you know, I don't always, I don't always talk about being a light worker. I don't always talk about uh, my conscious awakening, but when you level up, when you decide anytime somebody decides to change to those, those uh, professional players that you're talking about yeah. that, that changed their epigenetic background that expanded, they elevated their consciousness at that moment. I'm just wondering that. So like- it was their choice. They elevated their consciousness. When you elevate your consciousness, some people will fall away. Not everyone will be on board with you because they can't connect anymore. Those people who are fearful because you're not fearful anymore, you can't join the group. You're not in the club anymore. Yeah. But why would you want to be? Sure. Yeah, I guess what I was wondering was that, you know, it seems like if people start to reprogram or like, you know, there's players that we're talking about, then they hit a wall and they can't get through this obstacle or that wall or break it down to get to where the point A to point B or whatever it is. They tend to would start being negative towards it, you know, start playing Mm -hmm. a victim mentality and just like, oh, that's doesn't work for everybody. You know, woe is me, that type of thing. But that's a program from that's a program we have running. Mm. victim mentality is a program we have running it is and it seems every everything everything is almost everything we have even when we reprogram look we're talking about it as reprogramming it's still a program sure that's true that's true that's a good point so it's still a program it's just that which program would you want to have running lack or abundance i'll take the abundance sure me too i mean so it's just it's really becoming, as I said, the student of your life and deciding, okay. And religion really has nothing to do with it. We just touched why I ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. But religion really doesn't. I mean, I do it because I want, I'm in service to others and I want people to live the best lives they can live. So if I can give them information that I know will change their life for to be from limited to limitless, then so be it. Janet, I think we should take it home on that right there. That was, I like, I like that saying right there. So um, if people want to find you, if people want to, if you want to plug anything, feel free to do okay. it. Well, they can find me at JanetElaineSchmidt.com. And if they say that they heard me on your show, I'll give them a 50% off cool. on their, on their first session. Um, but uh, I'm on Instagram, Janet Elaine Schmidt. I a lot of times will post my goal balances on there so they can see what those are so they can understand what I'm talking about. Um, and then I'm on LinkedIn too, Janet Lynchman. Cool. Janet, thanks for being here. That was, uh, that was a good conversation. Like I was really had me thinking different ways and about stuff and learning some new pearls and gems for sure. So uh, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. All right. Good night, folks.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 